Hello, everybody. This is Jeff with Hits K9 Radio. As promised, this is our second part in our series about fentanyl. Today, we have uh, Gary Haddon on here from uh, Indianapolis. He's going to talk about uh, fentanyl and what they've uh, been doing in Indianapolis, uh, how they worked with their prosecutors to, to get agreements on prosecuting after they imprinted their dogs, whether or not they imprinted all their dogs or not. You'll hear the answer to that question and how they went about imprinting their dogs on fentanyl. So if you haven't listened to part one, maybe scroll back one episode, listen to part one with Michael Kamisic from Sheepdog Guardian. We went pretty deep into the woods on a lot of that. And now uh, we are going to start this episode here with Gary Haddon. I hope you enjoy. This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. Hits Radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there, too. Welcome to Hits Canine Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Today, I'm doing another episode on fentanyl. We just uh, did one. We're going to probably put these out back-to-back. Um, because fentanyl and imprinting and, and uh, everything to do with fentanyl, I think, is one of the, if not the hottest issue for detection dogs, uh, canine uh, narc dogs, it, it's definitely up there in the, the, the top two or three. Um, and I get the question a lot, oh, and I've had it for quite a few years about, should we train our dogs on fentanyl? And uh, that answer, I think, is evolving. Like any uh, good program, I think you should always be evaluating how you're doing things. So um, we had Michael Kamisic on the hair and he talked basically about, you know, make sure you're working with your prosecutor and, and doing it safely. And then I want to bring on, um, a gentleman that has been doing it for quite a while and they're finding a lot of fentanyl, they're imprinting their dogs on it. They've worked with the prosecutor. So, um, I'm sure there's several agencies that are out there doing it successfully, but I, I know that, um, Gary Haddon from Indianapolis has been doing it for quite a while. And I think he's probably, um, one of the, the leaders of, of this topic, definitely uh, out in the trenches, finding a lot of fentanyl every day with his dog. So I w- want to bring him on, kind of talk about, um, we've had him on before to talk about parcel and addiction. So I want to bring him back on and talk about what they're doing. Because in my opinion, um, from talking to him and just knowing um, the exact standards that he uses for everything, that I think they're doing it in a, in a very good example that you can, if you're going to go down the road of, of uh, imprinting your dogs on fentanyl, I think Gary is an excellent resource to kind of hear how they do it and, and see uh, if, if it's something you want to do. So with that, uh, Gary, how are you doing today? I'm great. Great. How are you doing? Good. And I know you work overnight, so we've, uh, we're doing this in the afternoon, but you probably uh, haven't been up very, very long. So um, I <laughs> yeah. appreciate, appreciate you uh, coming on and taking time out of your day to, to talk with me and sharing some of your information. So for the listeners that don't know you, can you kind of go over your background for us? Yeah. Uh, I've been a police officer going back to since 1990. Um, been, I worked uh, dual purpose patrol dogs. I got my first dog in 95. Um, and uh, transitioned over the interdiction side about 12 years ago. Um, so I, I do that. I still do a lot of patrol dog training for agencies around around here. But for 27 years of canine experience, um, but like I said, my main focus now is on a, on the narcotic side. Um, our our unit, our criminal interdiction unit, is composed of um, 11 dog teams and ourselves. We have a, a 
I also train the arson dog, cadaver dog, missing persons tracking dog. So we have a large unit. Um, we have 50 dog teams in Indianapolis itself, and the other trainers handle the other aspects of it. But those are the dogs that I train. Um, and like I said, I've been doing it for a while, and I think we pride ourselves in in our agency of doing it right, um, and uh, and uh, making sure that we find out what's trending, sure. and what's going on. So. Um, we keep up on the trends, and then uh, we implement a lot of scenario-based training. Um, I want to add that we it's not just because we have a large agency. We have a lot of donut agencies around us, and I hear a lot on your podcast about these one-dog or two-dog cities or, or agencies. Um, and for me, um, I've always c- kind of reached out to them. Sure. We have a train- training group that we get together with, and we have about 17 members in that training group. Uh, myself and my partner, Julie Case, who's a very talented civilian trainer. And we get together, you know, once a month. And um, so when we're talking about imprinting fentanyl, uh, they were all on board also because of the amount that's coming through this area. And can you talk a minute about kind of your position now, what you you do every day or every night, I should say? Um, Well, I'm the head trainer in our unit. Um, Again, I, I do mostly... Uh, parcel interdiction work. Um, our our team is is usually out there doing um, a lot of requests. So we have I'm a TFO, I'm a Task Force Officer with Homeland Security. Um, the, a lot of our guys are are uh, working with DEA and other federal agencies, but we handle a lot of requests on that side of, of doing that. So that's why we're finding the larger the bulk amounts um, of of narcotics yeah. coming through, if not just in parcels. Um, recent case that made like national news, one of our guys hit 130 kilos in a semi trailer, um, 130 kilos of cocaine. Uh-huh. And, um, so we're getting, you know, these large amounts, these bulk amounts and, uh, and, you know, our guys, again, once we started training on, uh, fentanyl, it was because the, um, unintended imprintation of fentanyl came about sure we found that our dogs were hitting on you know a, a trunk seam or we did one in the storage unit recently and when when you get in there you go oh is this heroin is this cocaine it's a white powder and you test it and it's fentanyl so we found out hey our dogs are hitting on fentanyl which led to some of these questions um, yeah should we how can we get it how can you know and i work at at uh, at the fedex hub with uh with custom stone and talking to him he said all the uh all the border patrol and customs dogs were imprinted on fentanyl a few years ago and they have fentanyl kits. Yeah. Well, I don't have that resource to get a fentanyl kit. Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, when I do seize the fentanyl, I have to put it in the property room. I can't sign it back out. It's kind of like a policy for them. Hey, this is fentanyl. It's dangerous. We're not giving it back to you. Yeah. So, yeah. um, So let's, let's just stop back there. How long ago was it that you started seeing that your dogs were, were hitting on fentanyl? Um, I'd have to go back at least three years ago. So several years ago, and that's when you started thinking, you know, and, and obviously fentanyl's, you know, it's been around for a while and it's getting worse all the time. So right. at that point, um, I'm sure one of your first things was, you know, are, if we're going to do this, I'm sure, and I know you have, you guys prosecute a lot of cases and I'm sure both on a state level and federally, I assume. Um, so did you have a sit down then with your, your prosecutors at that time and, see where they were at with all of this? Yeah, so we do. We get um, most of our cases are going federal. 
and part of part of the you know the, the issue was and again it was coming up is that you know are the dogs certified on fentanyl and at the time they really weren't um we can say that they're hitting on fentanyl because it's it's been cut into heroin it's been cut into other things so uh again you get that yeah. unintended imprintation just like you do with cutting agents and and uh you know to preface that too i mean we we continuously proof our dogs off cutting agents too sure so, um whatever's trending we have we have a, a con- big container of msm there's a lot of other uh, anti-inflammatories that they're being is being used to cut into a lot of the products now too um and we have those on board to to proof but getting back to that listening to you know your podcast and and todd wilbur was on from precision um i liked what he had to say and i looked up his um fentanyl odor packs and i ordered them uh-huh. and uh, so this way because we did have a we had a case where the defense attorney you know, he was pretty sharp and it was a it was a federal case so you have uh you know the question that came out said hey you know your dog you know indicated on his fentanyl and um is your dog certified on fentanyl and the handler you know said yeah yeah the dog is and said well was he certified at the date of the seizure and he said no um, so how can you explain that? And he explained it. He said, you yeah. know, over the years, my dog, you know, um, got imprinted on it. So now it's a little bit easier having that target odor. I know it's not, we use real. I mean, we've always used real. Either if it's not issued by the DEA, we have it from the property room. It's tested and weighed. Uh-huh. So we have that advantage of because of we do get bulk amounts and we get to train on bulk amounts. Yeah, uh, We train on, you know, scented toothpicks and cotton balls and little pieces of towel all the way up to 10, 15, yeah. 20 pounds at a time on training days. And um, so, so we have that advantage, but we don't have that advantage with fentanyl. Yeah. So we have to find a way, okay, how can we certify out of those on fentanyl? So when you talked to the prosecutors and, you know, one of the, one of the issues that gets brought up is that fentanyl is legal to possess. So um, I imagine they had that um, concern. And then what was um, what was the discussion and, and how, you know, what did you guys decide in those meetings early on? The discu- right. The discussion was, okay, this is a legal substance, just like, you know, oxy is a legal substance. And that was one of the things that came up because mm-hmm. of the abuse of oxy. They said, but who's the possessor and how they possess it? Yeah. So if you, you know, in all, all my years of doing this and all the other guys and the amount of dogs that I've trained and the dogs that I'm still training, I, I can ask that question. How many have ever found illegal amount or somebody yeah. had a prescription for fentanyl, and the answer is always zero. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's the same thing. If you're, you know, it's, it's how it's the same thing with the marijuana issue too. It's like I, I, I don't agree with taking your dog off marijuana. You know, you either have a legal amount, you don't. You either possess it legally or you don't. And um, it's the same thing in this in this case too. Do you have yeah. a legal prescription for this? And you know, I know it comes in lozenger forms, which I've never seen, but that's a prescription. Um, and there's, uh, I think there's another, uh, there's another form that it comes. I think it's lozenges like and, uh, I think a patch. and a patch. That's yeah. it, a patch. And again, I don't, I don't, I can't recall ever running into that. It's yeah. always that illegal form. It's powder, um, and it's wrapped like your typical drug trafficker yeah. dealer has it. Um, but I guess one and, of the concerns is that, um, so your dog is on fentanyl and this is what has happened like in our state. And, um, my advice, I agree that, you know, the dogs in an ideal world, 
Um, we'd have common sense and prosecutors who want to prosecute every case. But what I've seen, at least um, a lot of places, is that a lot of prosecutors just want an excuse to make a case go away. Um, so mm-hmm. with that, um, when you have a, a, a when, you, when you're putting a legal substance on your detector dog, have you seen any instances of the prosecutors on a totally unrelated case, dogs out and hits on a car, and you find you know whatever a, a different substance not related to fentanyl, and have the prosecutor want to balk at it because of you know any possible objection that might come up? As far as if if, if the dog hits on a car and it's yeah. not fentanyl, yeah, I mean that's and that's what's happened in Colorado is that. Um, some of the, the and we lost a, a case that uh, quite frankly should never went to court um, and the part of it was that it was a marijuana dog marijuana imprinted dog the case should have never went to court they should have never pressed the issue but when it was all said and done obviously you know that case said that you know dogs imprint on a marijuana um, needed you know an additional step here in Colorado um, so I guess my my thought process is I know that one of the objections when I talk to people is that the prosecutor might say well if your dog is imprinted on a legal substance you know just because you found this methamphetamine in the trunk of this guy's car I don't want the case anymore so I take it you haven't had that problem where you're at no I mean and again you you have to make the argument you have to put it in in that prosecutor's mind or the court's mind the same thing there's a our dogs are are trained on legal substances yeah you have you have a bomb dog it's trained to find legal I yeah mean, substances guns ammo maybe if you have a gun dog uh, I train arson dogs they're I mean they, every accelerant is a legal substance but it's how it's used and how it's possessed and how was it used in the crime so yeah. you you can go along the same lines or you know can you legally possess this gun and can you legally possess you know, the, the amphetamines in your car or anything else. Like, uh, you know, we had a guy dealing Adderall. Um, that's an, it's a legal substance. Um, but yeah. in his possession and how he was doing it, it was illegal. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that's, just, it comes along the same lines. But again, we're talking, you know, probably one of the deadliest drugs that hit our country. Oh, yeah. In, in yeah. time is fentanyl. And, um, yeah. you know, we got 110,000 deaths alone last year attributed to fentanyl. Yeah. In this country last year, we had 980 overdose deaths in Indianapolis alone. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's uh, and it, it's to the point they have us investigating overdose deaths before homicide gets there. Hey, can you, and, and I know that's happening around the city, yeah. like I said, where I go and I teach. I'm finding out, hey, yeah, we're assigned on a call to go investigate overdose deaths. Now. Can we get into the cell phone and see who the dealer is? So and work it back. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these cases are the fake pills, the unintended death, because they sold a Xanax bar yeah. laced with fentanyl. Yeah. Um, and it killed somebody. So. Um, so I guess just going one more question on this prosecutor thing. I know you guys are, are busy and you're, you know, finding a lot of stuff and prosecuting a lot of cases. Are you, do you have the luxury of dealing with generally the same prosecutors or the same team in, in the, the, the DA's office or the state attorney's office or the federal prosecutors. Yeah. So you deal, you deal with the same people pretty regularly, I assume. On the AUSA side, on the federal side, yes. On the, on the state side, no. And this is where education comes yeah. in. And I, I've done presentation for prosecutors at, or even our uh, attorney general's office where we had to go in and go explain what our dogs can do. I, and I, I would say this to your listeners, invite your prosecutors to your training. Let them see what the dogs can and can't do. 
uh, when you're explaining what a change in behavior is. Um, and I've had prosecutors come to training and go, wow, now I understand what you're talking about. Cause yeah. they saw the change in behavior. <laughs> you know, yeah, it yeah. makes a big difference yeah. when they can actually see it than just read it. Yeah. But that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's educating them and saying, yeah, I know this is a legal substance. However, and it didn't take long. It was like, yeah, we're on board. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, but every case by case, and <clears throat> I have a lot of guys that do call me, like I said, those donut counties that I train, um, and some of the my own guys will call up before a case and go, hey, this prosecutor's asking these questions, and I'll have to cite some case laws to them. So um, this is not, you know, uncommon anywhere. Yeah. You know, educating a prosecutor or, or even um, even the judge or somebody in the court. Yeah. And I, I think it's just it takes a talent, not just to be a dog handler, but hey, can you go? get through all the through this case and get on the stand and be able to articulate exactly what you know and be the expert. And yeah. And I think that's, that's a great, whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. But <laughs> I think know? that's a great point that being a dog handler isn't just having a leash in your hand. There, there's other parts of it and being, you know, I talk about a lot of times when we're talking about the patrol dog stuff, you know, when, when everything's going wrong on a, on a big scene, a lot of times even different, you know, levels of command will be looking at the dog handler as the tactical expert. You know, how do you want to yeah. handle this? And I think on these types of things, you're the, the prosecution expert and having those relationships before the trial and before the case, I think is really valuable. So I think it's, a, I love your idea of, of calling up your prosecutor before you're trying to talk to him in the middle of a case, get to know him, have him come out to training, show him what you can do and get that dialogue going. So that way when the case comes and they're ready to, to, dismiss it then you already have a relationship and you say hey can i come down and talk to you about it and let's let's go over it and i'll explain to you you know my side of it and maybe they won't be so quick to to dismiss it and i i don't like to sound you know like i'm bitter about things but i've just seen that um, lots and lots of places not just you know here in colorado but i've and talked to people i'm sure you have too that um a lot of prosecutors because they're overworked you know if they can find a reason to dismiss case they'll move on and and tell you how to get them the next time. But uh, I think having those relationships before that helps um, deter some of that. Exactly. You know, it, it is that too. And, you know, we've had cases where uh, you just, you know, I encourage guys, don't just let things go. Just because you lose the case, if you can push an appeal and, and explain why, but come across as that expert, you know. Yeah. And I got good advice from a prosecutor years ago. It says, you guys get on the stand sometimes. And I, I ask about your training experience and you just talk about, you know, when you went to the academy and when you were training, meanwhile, you have a litany of training that you went to and you're not talking about it. Yeah. So it's, it's important to come across like that. And speak, like I said, speaking of which, I know you spoke to Mike and uh, you know, I go, I go back a long ways in this field. I, I know that when he took over for Terry Fleck and I was friends with Terry and Terry a while ago and uh, what a great resource. And I'm, you know, again, you know, getting on sheepdog guardian, there's a lot of resources on there. Um, and I use it all the time. And I know, like I said, Mike and I had this discussion about the fentanyl. Yeah. And he brought up some good, you know, points about it. And I think, um, you know, following up is important. Number one. And, um, I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody should do it. I'm just yeah. saying if you got, if you have an influx of fentanyl and fentanyl deaths in your city and you have a way of, of doing it safely, and you can talk to your prosecutors and make sure that um, they're on board. Yeah. And again, explain to it, hey, yeah, it's a legal substance, but we don't see it in, yeah. in legal forms yeah. ever. I mean, exactly. again, we've been doing it for a long time. And 
uh, the amount of stuff that we're pulling out of our area here, not just parcels, but on the road, on search warrants, on, you know, <clears throat> in storage units and every, every aspect that we do, we've yeah. never run across a, a legal amount. Well, and I talked to a, a, a guy one time who does a lot of different interdiction stuff out of the uh, Oakland area. And I thought he had a real smart idea one time. And he told me that on that same subject, he went to all of the major um, chain pharmacies and talked to them and said, how many prescriptions have you written for a fentanyl, for fentanyl? And it was like zero across the board. So they said that, you know, there's patches, but they come there through the hospital. But the amount of uh, times that people would go to a lot of these pharmacies and get the lozenges or the, pa- the, the patches, I shouldn't say it was zero, but it was extremely low, you know, compared to the number of, of customers they had. So he used that as one of his arguments just to further it that, that these people that, you know, have it are, are not possessing it legally. <clears throat> and right. the people who are possessing it legally are not putting themselves in the position to be contacted by the police a lot of times. Right. So, yeah. And I know there's going to be pushback from trainers or certifying bodies saying, don't do it. Don't yeah. put your dogs on fentanyl. But when the dogs do hit on fentanyl and, and you get a case that comes forward, they're some they're going to have to somehow explain why the dog hit yeah. it. Yeah. And I think we're just, we're just eliminating that step right now because we've already done it and we won our cases saying, hey, it was unintended, but because of, there's so much out there and the yeah. dogs are hitting on it. There's something else that I just wanted to bring up real quick. Is, uh, I don't know what you, if you guys are seeing it in your area, but the, the xylazine that's being cut into fentanyl. Have you heard about this? Um, I've heard a little bit about it, but okay, I'd like so, to go deeper into that. Yeah, let me real quick. It's yeah. just it's 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 very dangerous. Okay, so there's no testing for xylazine. There's no way to knowing. Um, it's a similar opiate. You know, you get this. Uh, this the the overdose is pretty similar. Okay, but they include pinpoint pupils, slow respirations, uh, respiratory arrest, and hyper or hypotension, you'll get um, tissue necrosis in the extremities. Um, if you see, if you look it up, you'll see there's some pretty disgusting pictures online where they're sure. amputating, amputating from where the injection sites are. Now, when it comes to the dogs, um, intoxication in dogs include muscle tremors, seizures, slow heart rate and impartial heart block, and slowed breathing rate. Dogs can also... Uh, swallow excess air that that can cause bloating um and this vet what he put out this information was he said while the xylazine mimics the effects of opiates it is critical to recognize that naloxone and classical reversal agents to opiate intoxications on the xylazine does not reverse the effects so uh that's something else that we're going to be dealing with down the yeah. road here uh, and is there it, any it, first aid for them known right now None, zero, zero. So that's, you know, that's a danger in itself. Sure. Is this xylazine. So um, we're seeing it here. I was talking to a guy that I taught a class with in Philly, and they said they're seeing a lot of it out there. So I think it's it's a matter of time. And I don't know how, um, you know, again, I just want to put that yeah. out there for the dog handlers out there. If you see those symptoms, um, for whatever reason, it's going to mimic a lot of the, the seizures or a tremor or a bloating. Um, and is, is this stuff, it's, is it basically you're finding it the same way you're, it's like just an alternative to fentanyl, if you will, 
Is that basically what? Where you're no, they're finding? using it. They're cutting it with fentanyl. Cutting, so that so when you're finding it, it's it's part of it. Yeah. So what's what they're doing now? They're taking that fentanyl high, and now it's it's taking it to the next level. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and again, it's not it's not real common yet, but just something that can be common. I just wanted to put it out there yeah. that you know, um, you know, the death rate would probably go up even more. And again, there's there's people losing limbs, their legs, or you know, wherever the ejection sites are, they're rotting. Wow. And they're amputating these areas yeah. due to this xylazine product in the fentanyl. Huh. But I, like I said, I don't want to get too far off. No, topic, but but it's it's a good it. thing to mention. So, so yeah. once you had, had decided to, you're we're going to start imprinting the dogs, and we kind of talked about this a little bit already. But um, let's just go over that. So you 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 on board? Did you were you going to do just a few dogs at first, or were you just going to transfer all your narc dogs over and say we're going to imprint all of them? No, we transferred them all over. So um, because they're all getting requests, they're all getting again yeah. the amount of. The amount of work we're doing, the amount of searches we're doing, you know, every year are in the thousands. Um, so um, we want to make sure that everybody was was imprinted and good to go. Yeah. Now the dogs that have already found it, it didn't take any time at sure. all. Once sure. We got, once we got once we got the precision explosive um, target orders, it didn't take them. I mean, they were hitting it yeah. immediately. Yeah. Now we got a five gram and a seventy gram uh, odor packet, and um, Again, I, I like it. Um, you know, I, I followed his his protocols. They're in the Marlar bags, and they're handled with gloves or, or you know, a yeah. tweezer or something to put out. But um, the fact that some of the dogs that have not really been exposed to it, it did. It, it took about probably two to three or four reps before. Okay, there's that change of behavior. Sure. On the run. Yeah. And we use it. Um, we train three to four times a month, um, so we put it out almost every time and then um in the same thing like i said we're continuously putting the distractors out and other sure um, the cutting agents the packaging and especially for me you know mine's all about being wrapped in plastic and i even have packing tape now um that i'm proofing my dog on yeah because this for whatever reason uh, there's a packing tape out there that has a, a weird smell to it so um I have a roll of packing tape next to my dog's kennel, so he, she just smells it every day, and it's like, oh, that's just a regular order. Yeah. That's a good way to proof if anybody wants to steal that. <laughs> but that's a great I put idea. plastic yeah. bags, tennis balls, uh, packing tape, and it's it's right next to my dog's kennel in the backseat. It's it's behind the cage or right in front of the cage. Yeah. And it's, it's hey, that's an order. But, okay. But it's not going to get me paid. It's an everyday order, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we do. I do that, and I also, you know, we put it out and – uh, boxes, lockers, or whatever odors we're using, but um, we have, and, and everything's documented. And anytime we do go to court, and every time, you know, one of my handlers come to me and go, "Hey, Gary, I got this case." There, the defense attorney said, "The only reason my dog indicated on that vehicle because he was distracted by another dog." Well, we run two dogs at a time at training. Yeah. Sometimes we just trained this past Tuesday. And I put the loudest bark in his dog next to our training site because every time he sees the dog's training, he barks. And I and the handler's like, "Let me move him." I go, "No, leave him no, there." I'm yeah. sitting there barking the whole time. Yep. And we run our training with a barking dog, and then we document it. Yep. And when they bring it up, we say, "No, we run our training with." Sometimes we run two dogs at a time, and we'll have a barking dog next to the training. So, just the little things that we throw in there. Sure. Um, but the, again, with with the fentanyl odors, um, once they were imprinted. Um, it's easier now that I, I don't, they don't have to try to go through this long explanation of the, 
the unintended yeah, implementation. They can say, I'm certified and this is what we use. And do you so guys do an in-house certification? We do an in-house certification, but when we go outside, um, I bring them with me. So we, we've had that before where our, you know, our certifiers, we go to an outside certifier, which we do every year. Um, they don't always have MDMA. I bring MDMA. I say, we're uh-huh. not certifying this. I okay. say, you should put this out. So it's the same thing with the fentanyl. It's just we'll, we'll bring it with us and say, we need to certify on this. So yeah. um, there's another thing. I mean, we certify a single blind once a year. And I know, I don't know if I ever discussed this, but we do a double blind also. Um, because if I'm running training and a certification, mm-hmm. I don't want that to go into the thing. So we won't, we won't double blind more than two or three dogs. Yeah. And this is the reason why anybody doing double blind or just thinking about it, you know, once that observer sees three dogs go through, they're like, look, I know these dogs. They're, yeah. They're, they're in the right spot. And yeah. then you got to rotate that observer out. Yeah. Just it's no longer double, bl- no longer double blind. It's, it's no longer, <laughs> exactly. It's no longer yeah. double blind. So yeah. You got to ro- rotate that observer out too. That doesn't know where the hides are. So yeah, um, we try. Like I said, we're staying. The reason we do all these things, and, and because of the amount of federal cases that we're putting on the table, and we we just we're trying to stay ahead of everything. And there's no questions, and yeah. and we're winning. We're successful because of that. And um, you can't get lazy in your training. So even if you're going to imprint the fentanyl, um just do your homework yeah. and don't just, you know, so, sometimes, you know, guys do that, check the box of training. Let's oh, put yeah. all our four odors out or yeah. all our bomb odors out and okay, the dog hit everything. With, well, heck yeah. man, you can, you can have that dog down for three months and he'd come out and hit that odor again. Yeah. Three months down the road. Yeah. I, I always stress to my guys when I train them that, and I challenge them on it from day one, that when they put an odor out, that they have to have a reason why they put that odor out and why they put it in a certain place. And I just, from day one, that, that there's a purpose behind why you're putting it out, not just checking the box and, you know, trying to fill out a training sheet. So I think we're on the same page that way. So you used the precision explosives. Have you gone and have you used real odor at all? Um, Like from a a seizure or anything, or have you just stuck? Yeah, no, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So again, because of our, our protocols or SOPs, I mean, we can't hold on to it. It, It'd have to be signed in and signed back out again, which they won't do with the fentanyl. So, just prior to that case going through or we need to like for me at, at FedEx, a lot of it, it's going to go in for, for disposal. Yeah. So um, if I intercept something going to another state and I can't get hold of anybody to control delivery in that state, then we'll keep it. And then I'll alert the guys. Hey, I got I, the most I've gotten. I got three kilos out of a box recently. Uh-huh. So come by, come by and run this box of fentanyl. And uh, so, yeah, that gives us an opportunity to run to run the real. And stuff. what's and the safety protocol for that? I mean, I mean, I imagine it's pretty well packaged at that point, and it's not. It's very well packaged, so I'm sure that the threshold isn't what you know. The threshold is is where it's it's where they're going to get the alert, but sure, it's not so much exposure that it's going to be dangerous to the dog. Yeah, and so. when you're seizing, are you seizing mostly the pill form now, or are you getting powder still? No, that was powder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten pill form, um, but I, again, I don't use a pill form for training. Yeah, I have. You know, if I get the powder form, I use that for training. Um, but for the most part, we're we're going to stick to to what we're getting from Precision, um, and then you know rotate that out, you know, yearly probably, just to yeah. make sure, that, uh, you know, it's good, we're good to go. 
and I, I don't get any stipend from Todd on this. So but he's listening. <laughs> he wants to throw me something. Same with Mike. You know, I, I, again, both those guys. I, I appreciate you having them on. And uh, you know, again, I've been doing this for 27 years, but I still listen to yeah um, these podcasts. I learn from them. I mean, don't ever think that just because you got so many years on, you can't learn. Oh, I feel fortunate to be able to do this podcast and I go to all the classes that I can when I'm, you know, at our hit seminar and sit and listen to them and I learn something constantly. And I think that that's what makes people, you know, probably stick around this profession longer when you're open-minded and and still want to learn new techniques and learn stuff. So absolutely. absolutely. No, I do. And I get, it's, it's, it's a good resource as, as, as is, uh, you know, uh, Mike's website and, and everything that he's doing there from uh you know updating the canine legal stuff but the resources on the on the other end yeah um that you can go into you know your set i'm in the seventh circuit i can look up recent seventh circuit cases i mean everything's in there for you yeah it's a great resource and and he's very approachable so good to hear that you're going to have him on in the future yeah yeah he's going to be regular uh, doing some updates for us so but i think this has been a a a really good topic and i i just wanted to bring you on because i think like I said, I, I know there's other agencies that are doing it. I know, you know, Border Patrol, for example. But uh, as far as, you know, state and local agencies, um, from the people I've talked to, I think you're probably one of the, the leaders of doing it as far as maybe being doing it a little bit sooner than some people as far as imprinting on fentanyl. And then definitely with the seizures and the prosecutions based on a dog alert, um, I think I don't know too many people who have done it more than you have. So... Um, yeah. sharing your experience is is valuable um would would you mind if we uh you know throw it out there that if listeners have questions they can you know contact me like we did last time and uh afford you the emails absolutely and, yeah 100%. And use, use gary as a resource a yeah. fantastic resource not just for parcel interdictions and fentanyl but for all kinds of dog training so i mean i appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time sharing all your your knowledge and i know you guys are are really uh doing a lot of good work there so um hopefully this has been good valuable uh information for people who are considering doing it and i would just maybe say if you're listening to this podcast and you're still considering doing it uh shoot me an email at jeff at hits net. any questions you have and i'll forward them on to all these experts and and you can get any questions answered even before you start so these guys are, are more than willing to to help everybody out there so i appreciate it gary thank you and uh be safe no, thank you. I appreciate it too. And if I hear, if I get anything down the road where we're challenged on using uh, uh, not a real target odor, then I'll okay. I'll come back and let you know. But right now, there are, there are no cases where target those uh, yeah. you know pseudo odors are, are being challenged. So, um, but if something does change in our end because of the amount we're doing and we're using precision, um, I don't I don't anticipate it. Um, but if something does happen, I'll. Okay. I'll alert. I'll alert you too. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for your time, Jeff. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our second part of our fentanyl two-part episodes. Hopefully, uh, this has been good information for those of you that are working narc dogs. Maybe it'll help you decide as an agency what you're going to do about fentanyl, whether you get imprint or not. I think there's a lot of good information. That answer is probably going to keep changing over time, as a lot of things in our profession do. But uh, right now, I think uh, there's a lot of good information out there. Talk to local agencies around you also, see what they're doing. 
and uh, you know work with your training groups make sure that everybody's on the same page at least in your in your area I think that's real important if you like these types of discussions I always remind everybody that uh, you can come to hits in Scottsdale this year in August will be in uh, Scottsdale which is Phoenix area there'll be 1200 fellow handlers there probably a few more uh, all kinds of discussions not just about fentanyl but about anything uh, police dog related we, uh, lots of networking opportunities lots of great instructors check out hitsk9.net for the webpage. got all the instructors listed so far that we have um, over 80 90 vendors that'll be there so any equipment any dog vendors that you want to meet most of them will be represented at hits in scottsdale this year in august thanks everybody i appreciate listening and stay safe out there